And we are the Extra Sisters, so sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to episode 151, and in this episode, happy summer, we are going to (laughs) go on a little vacation to a cabin in the woods, but we're not going to talk about cabin in the woods because we've already done that. (laughs) Different cabin. Different, different cabin. So we are going to discuss Eli Roth's 2002 film, Cabin Fever. I almost said cabin in the woods. <laughs> I know, right? I started out making a joke. <laughs> it almost fucked me up. So, Cabin Fever. So, this film stars Ryder Strong and nobody else I care about. <laughs> right. I think, yeah, nope, nobody else I care about. I only care about Ryder Strong because of Boy Meets World. I don't know if he did anything really after Boy Meets World other than Cabin Fever, but I saw him in this and I was like, oh. <gasps> Sean. <laughs> I know, right? Oh my god, I love him so much. And I think he did like some stuff, but he's mostly moved into like directing and stuff with his brother now. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. This is Eli Roth's directorial debut as well. So there's that. Mm-hmm. And he was inspired writing this because he got a skin. In- and I knew this before I watched this. I would just like everyone to know. <gasps> Look at you. I know. He got a skin <laughs> infection when he was on vacation. I, d- I don't remember where he was on vacation, but he got a skin infection. It was when in he was in Europe somewhere because he was in like a hay loft and the hay was rotting. Ugh, gross. Ew. Yeah. Uh, Iceland. He was in Iceland. Ah. And he got a skin infection. And so now he has this movie that we're going to talk about. The first time I watched this movie, I watched it with a child that I was babysitting. <laughs> oh, is it that cool kid? I love that. Yep. So I, I've i told this story before, but I used to babysit a... When I was about 16, 17, I babysat for a family that had one son. And when I watched him, he was like 9, 10 years old. And his favorite genre was horror. And his parents were super chill. And they didn't try to suppress that love for horror. They actually let him watch all the horror that he wanted as long as they kind of watched it with him first so they could at least explain kind of what in case something questionable came up which totally respectable because if my kid was watching something like hostile (laughs) yeah you at least want to explain some things if they had never been exposed to that before the only thing he wasn't allowed to watch was child's play because chucky scared the bejesus out of him i get it i get it yeah not now but when i was younger no hell no yeah, my aunt used to give me these porcelain dolls every Christmas for some reason. Uh, I never. Why ex- do old people do that? I don't know. I never expressed any interest in porcelain dolls. I would just like to throw <laughs> that out there. And they just stayed at the top of my closet. And I just, I saw clips of Child's Play. I never watched it when I was a kid. But I would just, in my imagination, picture them walking at the foot of my bed where mm. I couldn't see them. And it was terrifying. So Yeah, I never even watched Child's Play and I had nightmares. I literally, it was just the cover. Just walking past it in Blockbuster and I was done. You're like, that motherfucker's going to kill me. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I did watch this like 
child's horror film about a teacher that came to life as a doll and she was evil and that was actually really terrifying so i, I did admit. some yeah I, I don't evil doll stuff yeah yeah exactly but anyways and so the first time i watched this was, was with him and it's been probably since then that i watched cabin fever and i actually remembered quite a bit of it honestly okay spoiler alert this movie was pretty unremarkable for me mm-hmm but there are things that stick with you. And Eli Roth mm-hmm. is pretty good at that. Like the shaving scene. Yeah, that's one of those. Like, especially as a woman, you just fucking cringe. Oh, my God. I have literally shaved skin off my body. So. Oh, yeah. It's the fucking worst. Do you remember when I came to work one day and I was like, yes. look at this picture. Uh, yes, you showed me the picture of the fucking skin you shaved, uh, shaved off. It was like as long as my pinky finger. Oh, my God. It was Ugh. super bad. I still have that picture on my phone. Yeah. The worst I've done is I accidentally got some of my nail like way far up and shaved that and some skin underneath off. That was fucking terrible. Yeah. I got out of the shower like I'd been shot. Like it was. (laughs) (laughs) You hobble out. I've been shot. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, this I I am just I think not a huge fan of the over-the-top portrayal of douchey college partiers Mm -hmm. because I don't think I'm not saying that there are not there's not truth to them but what I am saying is these kids are in college so they have to have some level of intelligence to them right and they never seem to have that and I know that this is Hollywood cinema I know that Everything is taken to that nth degree, you know, and it's exaggerated. But like these characters sometimes are so unbelievable that it's not enjoyable. Mm -hmm. And in this particular case, it's this Bert character. Yes, he is fucking terrible. I hate him. And like the sex crazed, you know, teenagers in college and the weed and the, the alcohol. I totally get that. Like. You know, if you're going somewhere to drink and have sex and stuff to get away from Mm -hmm. authority, that's believable. But the just like this. So in this, we have Jeff, Marcy, Paul, Karen and Bert. And Bert is the loud mouth over the top douchebag, like just annoying staple fat character, to be honest with you. Mm hmm. And he's not even that fat, but that's just kind of like the kind of the stereotypical character that I'm getting at. And I just get tired of seeing, and I know this was 2002. And so we are Mm -hmm. right in that perfect era for this shit. Yes, absolutely. And this is what we were writing. And so Eli Roth, I think was very much capitalizing on this and writing what was hot for the time. Which is totally fine, but I think that as I've watched more and more Eli Roth, I don't really like his work, Mm -hmm. to be honest with you. I like Eli Roth. I respect Eli Roth, Mm -hmm. but I'm not a huge fan of, I think that he does the, he, he pushes the boundaries. Every single time he does something, it pushes a little bit farther and a little bit farther and a little bit farther. Mm -hmm as far as the gore factor goes and the shock value goes. And I think that's necessary for horror. Like what can we put on screen? What can we put on screen? What can we not get censored? Because we went from, you know, cabin fever. And when then we went to hostel and then we went to the green inferno and we've done things like that. 
and I respect his opinion on horror and I know that he hosts that horror show and I really like it and I love that he passionately loves horror as well agreed I love that he's such a horror nerd it's great and so I like him I think that his love for the subgenre that he does is just not my same love for the subgenre that he writes and directs agreed but I also agree with you on the fact that we so this is 2002 we're just coming out of the 90s stuff so we had basically scream but not a lot other than that that was great that came out of this I mean they literally did auditions for this film on 9-11 So, I mean, we're just coming out of that. So I like that we have somebody creative, somebody small like this that is coming out with all this stuff to push the envelope. That's what we need again. That's what Jordan Peele was, is trying to do right now. Things like that. Yeah. And that's why I respect Eli Roth. Now, I think that like for this film, this film felt shallow to me just because it was... This film was not that smart, in my opinion. It's not an intelligent film, Mm -hmm. but what it did do is what Eli Roth does, and it he wrote film around what like disgusting, gory things could he do, and everything else was just kind of like fluff, you know, Mm -hmm. is how I feel about it. That's my personal interpretation of the film, because these other relationships that he puts on screen are not super deep. Even the ones that is are that like Paul and Karen. So Paul mm-hmm. is Ryder Strong's character and Karen is the one that he's been friends with since like seventh grade. And he's basically trying to kindle a romantic relationship with her. He's been pining after her for a long time. It's not just sexual granted. He would like to sleep with her. So right. there is that. Jeff and Marcy is the other couple and theirs is very much just like a lustful relationship. It's not very deep. Jeff is the one that's just going to cut and run and leave Marcy to die basically. Mm -hmm. And then obviously I've already mentioned Bert's character is the douchebag that doesn't really care about anybody. He's only going to think for himself. So there's that. And even the most intense relationship in this Paul and Karen's, you don't really, you, you care the most about them, but even still, you don't really care about any of these people living and dying. I would say you most care about Paul, but even still, it's kind of like, yeah, you would prefer him to live, but if he doesn't, it's not going to break it's your heart. It's fine. Right. Exactly. So these people living, dying, it's they're kind of disposable. So it feels like the writing is written around the shock value of what's happening with this infection or this disease that they're getting. And I will say the creativity of the way that they're getting sick was was create you know I mean that's that's what he wanted to do he wanted to mm-hmm. we have the shaving scene which we'll get to in a minute and we have they're they burn someone alive to basically get him away and they're spewing out blood and you know so and we'll get to all those in a minute so I think that that was I just I as I get older I think when I was in middle school and early high school, I lived for this kind of shit. And as I get older, I really like the, nobody's surprised by this, especially <laughs> not you. I love the art house films. Mm-hmm. I like the quiet, pretentious intelligence of 
things hiding in the corner and you really have to pay attention to mm-hmm. what the directors and the writers are putting in and they challenge you. But I think that's because I grew up with stuff like this and I've been yeah. there, done that. And that's yeah, not anybody's fault. Right. Exactly. That's just because I grew up in this era. And so I've seen this so many times. Now, mm-hmm. if I was a new horror fan, this stuff is fun. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So basically they go to this cabin to go party and there is an infection and there is particularly it's happening with the animals and this man that is a local gets really infected and he stumbles upon this group and they try to fight him off because he's coming to them and asking for help. And obviously he's really disoriented. He probably has a major fever. He's stumbling around, coughing on them. They don't want to get infected. That's fair. I would also be like, you stay outside. Mm-hmm. I'm going to close this door and I'm going to try to call somebody for you. <laughs> right. Just like if somebody had fucking COVID, I'd be like, you stay over there. I'll call 911. Right. But- and it's not a problem really until he tries to take their car, their only car. They're out in the middle of nowhere. I would also probably panic and try to get him the fuck out of there. Right. Which is what they do. They take a bat, a gun. I don't remember the other thing. Guess it doesn't matter. But basically what happens is he spews blood from his, all like all of his orifices, but he's like coughing. Like he paints the fucking truck. Exactly. Just like vomiting and spewing blood all over the inside of the truck. I would not, you could not pay me to get in that truck. Hell no. Wouldn't even get in it to clean it. I'd be like, all right, it lives here now. We're done. Mm -hmm. We're walking somewhere, calling like a cab or something. Like we're not getting back in that car for anything. Fuck that. But in the midst of trying to get him away from them, they have, one of them grabs like hairspray or something to try Mm -hmm. to spray it in his face. And then the other one has fucking i was gonna say writer i'm trying to use character names here but paul (laughs) grabs a basically a torch he's from Mm -hmm. what they use to light the bonfire and she sprays and he has a fucking torch in his hand so they light him on fire right and he stumbles into the reservoir for the locals drinking water and that's how pretty much everyone gets infected and it starts with karen so karen drinks couple glasses of water and he's just rotting in that water and his skin is peeling off yeah and you as the audience you're like you watch paul hand karen the water and you watch her take a sip and you're like fuck great well here it goes something floating in it too it's real gross yeah it's it's way too late now exactly And this is a, it looks like a flesh eating disease. Like it looks like the flesh is literally falling off and rotting Mm -hmm. off once it gets to the like advanced stage. It moves very quickly. So they set the drifter on fire. He's rotting in the reservoir. They start drinking the water and Karen goes first. And Paul and Karen, obviously they're freaking out about this, but Paul and Karen, she's freaking out. She wants to go home. They're left alone the next day in the cabin And this deputy shows up. Weird fucking character. Yes. And that's another thing that I didn't really like. This was kind of like, I don't like unbelievable characters. Agreed. Yeah. He says party like a bajillion fucking times. This was actually supposed to be Eli Roth 
in the film, but this guy, I guess, killed it in auditions. But I could definitely see this as an Eli Roth person. Yeah, Eli Roth was actually this random dude that was camping next to them Mm -hmm. that brought them weed, and then we just never saw him again. But he was there because his dog ended up eating one of the other ones because he got rabid with this disease. Yeah. So that's why he was there. But this deputy comes in, figures out, like, hey, what's going on? And Paul says, hey, like, we hurt. We fucked this guy up because he was spewing blood all over the place. He was really sick. We beat him with a bat and we scared him off into the woods. He didn't say, like, uh, he fucking caught on fire. (laughs) Yeah. When the deputy was more concerned about how hot Karen was and how they were their party and, and he wasn't going to let their party die. So, and I, I just didn't like the unbelievable, mm-hmm. like, and then he rode off on a bicycle and it's like, where the fuck <laughs> yeah. did you come from? Just not a huge fan of that character, but he comes back later. So they had to plant things for mm-hmm. other things to work out. And I just don't like it when they do that and it's unbelievable just so they can make it work later. Like there are other ways you can make things work without it just being a throwaway scene, I guess. I don't know. I, that's just how I feel. But then later Karen and Paul start to get intimate because she doesn't want to be by herself and she's freaked out and she wants to go home and he starts trying to put his, this was so fucking gross, his hands between her legs, pulls his hand out. It's all bloody, but it's not period blood. Her fucking flesh is starting to peel off right in her groin area. So she is infected. Mm -hmm. Now, if this shit happened to me and you guys put me in a shed, can you just lock me in a room or something? Agreed. I don't understand why you can't just leave her in her fucking room. That is terrifying. Sleeping in a shed in the woods with no light mm-hmm. or all you hear is the sound of the forest. But they take a mattress out, lay it in a shed, and lock Karen in the shed. Now, I'm assuming they did it because it, obviously at some point you get delusional with this disease mm-hmm. and you start just wandering around trying to infect other people. You're not intentionally doing it, but you just do it, I guess. But mm, I would be so mad. Agreed. That's not cool. Yeah. So they isolate her in a shed and she just gets worse and worse. Like when they check on her later, like all of her skin is just like coming off. What's really weird is they don't act like that is super painful agreed right it's gotta be they're just kind of like "Mm -hmm." i have a fever you're telling me that your skin is peeling off in sheets and that bit that's that doesn't fucking hurt oh it's it's not it's mere it's merely a flesh wound amanda (laughs) yeah right (laughs) making a lot of monty python references (laughs) not in this episode we recorded army of darkness today as well yeah listen to that one last week's go ahead So we also have Bert. And remember, Bert's the fucking asshole. So Bert over here starts coughing up blood but doesn't tell anyone. So he's now infected. And the the group is, like, fucking falling apart. But we knew this was going to happen. Like, nobody wants to be around anyone else. Everyone's going to get infected. And Bert drives off. Because Paul and Jeff figure out he's sick. And so he just takes the truck and he's like, I'm out. Mm -hmm. And then Jeff 
remember he's the one that was lustfully with this other girl. He's like, I'm going to take the beer and I'm <laughs> yeah. go. I'm just going to go wait it out. He's like, you guys are not going to get me sick. I'm going to go live off a beer, which is funny because earlier in the movie, he said he was just going to drink beer the whole time and he wasn't going to mm-hmm. drink any more water. So he takes the beer and he goes and we don't really see him anymore. So Bert goes into town and he goes to this convenience store that we saw in the beginning, but pisses off the store owner because his son bites him. So he basically just infected that poor kid. Correct. So now again, it's like, I don't know if I, it's like a zombie, but not zombies. It's just the same premise. So like if you bite or get bitten, they just reversed it. The kid was the one that bit and he wasn't infected, but now he is because he bit the dude. You know? Exactly. But it's not, I mean, the kid came at him. So at the same time, I don't know, man. I know, but they set that up because the kid like was sitting around just biting people on the swing earlier. Yes, exactly. At the very beginning of the movie. But also, I mean, the kid could just be like mentally ill, you know. Exactly. Really quick in real life, that kid had that that scene existed because Eli Roth saw that actor was on set or offset and he actually did karate. He was like, I don't know, create like black belt or something. I don't know. And karate. So they actually Eli Roth thought it was cool and put it in there for him, which I thought was awesome. Well, that is cool. I love the little facts, little factoids. So they go and hunt Bert now. Bert's fucked up, but they're like, all right, well, you infected my kid, so I'm going to kill you. Which, honestly, Bert needs to die anyways. He's infected. (laughs) He's going to die. If they don't kill him, he's going to infect more people. Mm -hmm. So let's just cut out this person. Something else that happened that I forgot to bring up, which was weird to me, is they go before everyone's all infected they go and find a house with a woman and she's talking about how all of the animals are sick with this disease and she can't eat her pig basically Mm -hmm. and she mentions that the one they set on fire was her cousin and her cousin was wandering through the forest looking for help and obviously that house wasn't that far why didn't the cousin who is a local and knows why didn't he just go home you know right because he has this fever and he's just wandering maybe but i agree yes like but it seems like it took him like at least two days to get to Mm -hmm. that cabin so just wander to your cousin's house fam right i don't know that i mean i know it was for the movie but still yeah exactly makes more sense to like go where you know and is familiar i don't know but anyways also, and also, it's really weird when people in movies are like, oh, no, we don't need anything. We're going to just, just, and they're like, you don't need to use the phone that you literally came here to do. And they're like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. Just use the phone and pretend or something. Exactly. You're making it fucking weird. You look way more suspicious now being suspicious. Like, <laughs> right. Stop it. So we go back and, you know, we're hunting fucking Bert. He, they're in pursuit and they kill him. Yep, they do. They kill Bert. <laughs> yep, they do. Meanwhile, Paul and the other girl fucking hook up because she's sad. And she's like, it's kind of like when you are in a plane and you know it's going to crash. Which the fact that you said that they auditioned on 9-11 and they put a plane crash reference really? in there. Yes, actually, that was interesting. That was the piece of trivia I had. That scene right there, that was the audition that day was for for what's her name 
The actress or the no, character? the character. Marcy. The auditioning for that day was this scene for Marcy. And, Yikes. Uh, yes. And they tried to reschedule everybody, but because it's 9-11 and people are calling all over the place, they couldn't get through to reschedule this stuff. So they had to go through with it. Yeah. Mm, a crash. Sucks. Yes. A plane crash scene. Yeah. That would make me so uncomfortable. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, she's like, it's like you're in a plane and you know it's going to crash and you just want to look to the person next to you and fuck the shit out of them because, you know, why not? That's not exactly what she says, but that's pretty much what she says. Basically, yeah. And so he's been trying to fuck Karen this whole time, but she doesn't have any skin left. So he's like, yeah, so let's move on. Why not? And so they fuck. And it's like, okay, okay, let's think about this for a goddamn second. There is an incredibly infectious disease going around, just Uh like five people. Uh Uh-huh. If she had it and you didn't. Uh Uh-huh. He also mentions, yeah, he also mentions protection to her and she goes, I'm clean. No, you're fucking not. (laughs) We watched you have some tea earlier. You're fucking not. I was about to say, you might be clean of STIs, but you have some flesh eating disease. Exactly. And I'm sorry. I would not risk that shit. No. Hell no. Y'all are all staying six feet away from me Mm -hmm. at all times. We are sitting in a circle and you're going to be on that side of the room and I'll be over here. Plus, you don't know, like, they're all just like assuming this is not airborne and like hanging out also that yeah i would assume this is airborne and that i already had it Mm-hmm. agreed like i would just i like she already says like we're all doomed like i would i would, I would be her in this situation mm-hmm. and he's like grabbing onto her back but like lightly running her fingers down her back and it just kind of starts like leaving these red marks but then she gets in the bath, which this is this scene, and you can see that the flesh on her back has started peeling off, mm-hmm. and she starts shaving her legs, and that's when the skin starts coming off in her razor. Yes, but she sees, like, she sees a little patch where, oh my god, maybe it's there. Okay, I understand then the second running your razor over it, but she peels skin off with that one, and then does a third swipe. Girl, what are you doing? <laughs> She says, my legs are about to be the smoothest they've ever been. <laughs> right. There will be no hair if there is no skin. <laughs> Correct. And then she runs outside freaking out because, you know, her Correct. skin just shaved off. And we have this Eli Roth character's dog has come back, which he just had like a small cameo in the beginning. So we could plant this dog and basically eats her. Yeah, but she had unlocked Karen's little storage unit when she was freaking out trying to get in there. But she gets eaten by the dog, and now it's unlocked and open, so now the dog gets in there and eats Karen. Great friend. Yeah. And then Paul has to find it feeding on Karen, who was like the love of his life. Yeah, and bash her brains in. Yeah, he did it as a mercy killing, and it was really sad. And... He has figured out, Paul has found the guy that set on fire, found his body in the reservoir. He fucking falls in. Yeah, he's got it for sure now. Oh, yeah. Like, if he didn't already have it in his in his pee-pee, <laughs> he do now. And he fucking poured Listerine on his dick after <laughs> sex. Like, boy, yeah. it's in there now. Uh-huh. And he has figured out that it's in the water, but, like, he goes running around, and it's like, at this point... It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. No. Everybody's going to die. You've all had the water. You've all showered. You've all taken baths. Like Exactly. And everyone in town has had the fucking water at this point. Like, they, 
they make a bigger deal out of it at the end. But come on, think about it. Everyone in town has already had this. Yeah, exactly. So Paul ends up actually killing back at the cabin the three men that killed Bert. And then Paul is trying to look for Jeff, but does not find Jeff. And takes the truck from the convenience store people. And he finds that he is infected and hits a deer. Mm -hmm. And then he finds that fucking deputy. We're back to Deputy Winston here. Yes. And it's so funny because I noticed on the deputy's costume, they had a $1.5 million budget and it was like an embroidered badge. (laughs) It was like not a real badge. It's a small town. (laughs) I mean, I guess is, I guess. Yeah. More creeped me out that he is like at least in his twenties and he's like, this girl looks wicked young, like 15. Oh, they were underage for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then Paul asks for a ride to the hospital, but Winston is told to to kill him because there are a bunch of infected people. And Paul basically decides to, he's like, all right, they're going to fucking fuck me up, aren't they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he attacks and gets a bunch of other people infected before knocking out the deputy And somebody actually does drop him off at the hospital where he says, you know, where he caught the disease, kind of what happened. And the doctor's like, we can't fucking handle this, bro. Like, this is way Mm -hmm. above our fucking, we can't do this. And lying in the back of a squad car, Paul tries to warn them about the water supply, but they just dump him. Next to the water. Yeah. God, fucking dumbasses and then fucking jeff over here he has survived and he's over here like he runs out of the woods and he's just been drinking beer this whole time and he's like i fucking survived bitches and then he gets shot mm-hmm. so and then it just shows at the end like kids selling lemonade with the contaminated water and people filling their water bottles with the contaminated water and that's pretty much how the film ends is like it's one of those films with like no resolution except for you know the resolution because it's (laughs) everyone's going to continue to get sick and this it's off screen because you even see a big old semi carrying this spring water away so who even knows how far this is going yeah they're like bottling this water Mm -hmm. exactly so it's just going to get people like super sick yeah until it cycles out right yeah So, I mean, I kind of already talked about, like, how I felt about the movie in the beginning. I kind of, like, did it backwards. But (laughs) it, this is a film that it is meant to just be, like, kind of, I'm not going to say shallow, but more just shocking, gory, skin Mm -hmm. coming off. Somebody got eaten by a dog. Like, it's not a thinker. You know what I mean? (laughs) Right, exactly. But, I mean, if you just want to, like, watch, like, a fun little summer camp, school's out, like, it's not really a camp movie, but you know what I mean, like, (laughs) around the fire, and, I mean, go for it. The audience scores a 44%, but the critics on Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 62%. Interesting. Yeah. Usually, it's the opposite. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and it, I mean... 
but it does have some humor and it I don't think it tries to be anything that it's not though Mm -hmm. so it's not like Eli Roth was like I am gonna make a masterpiece of horror right I think he wanted to make a fun gory film I think he did that yeah but it's it's not like it's incredible like for me I would probably I, I I would probably give it a three like I teetered between like a two and a three to be per- perfectly honest with you mm-hmm. but I'd probably give it a three that's what I was just sitting here doing too like for my enjoyment I don't particularly haven't really particularly liked Cabin Fever I just feel like we should definitely talk about Eli Roth because of what he has done for the genre so for my enjoyment too but because of what he's done for our genre moving it forward three I feel like this is like Army of Darkness reviewed all over again. <laughs> I definitely like that. This one more than that one. But yeah, agreed. Yeah, I, I'm it's interesting. It's one of those things where if this was made now, I feel like it would be so different because it's one of those things where it was like a product of its time as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it would. Be. I mean, they did remake it in 2016, but I haven't seen that one. And according to everything that I have seen, don't fucking bother. I mean, I don't even know who did it or why they did it. I don't think there's a reason to remake Cabin Fever, to be honest with you. Why would you, what what would you add to it? I don't know. know. What happened to the locals? Maybe. I I don't know. I agree. Cabin Fever is Cabin Fever and it should just just a one-off it has a 12 percent audience mm-hmm. score and a zero percent critic score amazing movie <laughs> and not because it hasn't been reviewed by critics it has oh it has really a, oh yeah it has a zero percent it was ripped apart one of the reviews from a, a top critic literally just says i watched this so you don't have to <laughs> we've said that before <laughs> yeah and it yeah. looks like they just made it to be graphic for no reason. Mm, and that's unfortunate. It. Yeah. They even kept the original names and everything. Marcy, Jeff, Paul, Karen, Bert. So it's got the same people in it? Not the same people, just the same names of characters. Oh my fucking God. There's wow. l- so there somebody no really reason. liked Cabin Fever. Yeah. No mm-hmm. spontaneity. Every beaten gag was pretty much the same. A misfire. No longer a place for this type of movie in contemporary cinematic landscape. Damn. That's true. I like that. Like mm-hmm. for 2002, yes. But for now, it's been, we've been there, done that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I know we're not talking about the remake, but there is a remake if you're interested. Apparently, don't bother. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us for this review of Cabin Fever. You can find us, of course, on all of our socials. Everything is the Extra Sisters podcast, except for Twitter, which is at the Extra Sisters. And if you would like to join our little Patreon fam, we would love to have you. It is patreon.com slash the Extra Sisters podcast. And next time we have a four-part anthology into another dimension. Until then, stay creepy.